Well, uh, I'm going to, I think, endeavor on starting a new series um, as we approach this next month or so of time. I want to look at a book in the Bible that I think most of us know the story. We've heard the story. We've talked about the story. Um, But I really believe that as we look at the book of Jonah, um, I want to look at it through the lens, not just of what the words say, because we've heard the words, we've watched the movies, we've seen the stories, we've done the Sunday school lessons. But I want to look at the book of Jonah kind of as a mirror. Because if there's anybody in Scripture I can relate to, it's Jonah. I mean, a lot of times what's unique about Jonah, Jonah's a prophet. He's a prophet to the, to the northern kingdom of Israel. He comes right after Elisha, kind of in that time frame. Uh, he's called to, to, to speak to a, a people in, in Nineveh, and Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. Um, they were a people that were known for their pride and their self-dependence. They were known for uh, just, just being that independent, proud, non-God-fearing. They were all about themselves people. Um, and Jonah is the prophet that's called there. It's, it's really, he's thought to be the author of the book, Jonah is. But what I like about Jonah is I can relate to him. Because what's unique about Jonah is, really, if you read the book, Jonah's not really the champion. I mean, he's got lots of issues. You know what I'm saying? I mean, as I look at this book, as I look at Jonah, I mean, sometimes we read things, we read about Paul and what Paul does, or we read about Moses, and all. I can't do that, there's no way. I mean, that's just, Jonah, I can do, like, I get him. He gets me. And so as I look over the next few weeks, there's four chapters in the book, so I'd probably want to spend four weeks on this. I want to look for the Jonah in me. Like, not just look at this about what Jonah did, but... But how can I relate to what Jonah did? How can I identify with, with this, this character, with this person in Scripture, and, and what he's wrestling with, and, and, and what he's, he's done? So that's where we're going to be. I'm going to read the entire chapter. Uh, we're going to look at chapter 1 this morning. I'm going to pray just God's anointing. I'm going to pray the Spirit of God allows the Word to be a mirror for us this day, that we can really... Uh, hear his voice. Father, I thank you for just the opportunity to be together this morning. I thank you for the word of God, that we have your word, that we can look at your word. I thank you for the opportunity to challenge our hearts and minds this day. Father, I pray for us that we would listen to your word. Spirit of God, I ask that you would have freedom to reveal. I ask for, for, for you to have freedom in our lives, in our hearts and minds to demonstrate, to illuminate the truth that we need to hear this day. God, for myself, for every word, for every thought, for everything, God, that only your will would be accomplished. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for a port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for uh, Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. Such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid. And each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down 
and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. The sailor said, come to each other. Let's. The sailors said to each other, come, let's cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked us, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? What, from what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. So the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they came and they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up, he said, and throw me into the sea and it will become calm. I know it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. Verse 16 says, At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. I know this is a story we've heard. We understand the story of of Jonah. But I want to look at this story, like I said this morning, just kind of as a mirror. Look at what happened in, in this story and see how does that relate to me? How is that relating to my life? Is there maybe... Just a little bit of Jonah inside of me. So the story starts where? Verse 1 and 2 says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. That means the son of truth. Go and preach, or go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come before me. This all starts with the word of the Lord came to Jonah. There's no question in Jonah's mind what God said. It was very clear what God was speaking to Jonah. Jonah wasn't confused. He didn't ask for directions. He understood completely what the word of the Lord was saying. He understood that, that God was calling him to go to a place, to speak, to, to, to preach, to, 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 to set them free, whatever, and he didn't want to. Mirror, has the word of the Lord come to you? We're not talking about Jonah, but has the word of the Lord been revealed to you? Has God spoken to you? Has God addressed you? I mean, the word in Scripture, we've been talking about it in Sunday school, it's pretty crazy, the value of the word in Scripture. God created through His word. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And then later in that chapter it says, the Word became flesh. There's something about the Word of God. Hebrews is chapter 4, it says, the Word is living and active. Has God's Word come to you? Because I think if we're honest, if we're looking in the mirror and no one else is around, 
most of us will say, yeah, God's word has been coming to me. Yeah, I heard his word speaking to me. Yeah, I, I know what the word is, is saying. But the challenge with the word that Jonah experienced, the challenge with the word that you and I experience, is that times God's word asks us to do stuff we don't want to do. What's the word? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Who wants to deny myself? God's word says go and, and, and be my disciples or go and make disciples. Go and preach. Go and teach. I don't want to go. God's word says offer a sacrifice of praise. I don't want to praise for anything. God's word speaks to us. We know his word. God's word says go talk to your neighbor. God's word says go and love. God's word says to do and we hear his word. We comprehend it. We get it. We can write it down on a piece of paper so others hear it. Let me tell you, God's word has come to you. Jesus Christ has been sent to you. The word of God has come to you. So the question with Jonah was, what will he do with God's word? The word of God comes. Jonah hears And what's his response? In my notes I said, God God said go and Jonah said no. I'm going to read these verses. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarsus. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for a port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarsus to flee from the Lord. The cool part is, as I was studying uh, Jonah chapter 1, I looked at some of the Hebrew translation. And God's instruction to Jonah was, Arise, go and preach the word. Okay? He said, Arise. That was the very first thing. If you start to look in the Hebrew version, what we see from Jonah's response is three times Jonah goes down. So God said to arise. Jonah, it says in Scripture, he goes down to Joppa. God said arise, and then Scripture tells us that that when Jonah got to the port, he went down into the boat. And then Scripture tells us further in this story that when God said arise, that while he was on the boat, Jonah went down into the belly of the boat. God said arise, and three times Jonah went down. Down. It was simple disobedience to what God said. If you pull that map up, okay, here's where this story kind of starts. Just so we can see. This city right here, Gath Heifer, that's probably Jonah's hometown. So this is where God is speaking to Jonah. And God tells Jonah to go where? To go to Nineveh, right? What direction is Nineveh from Geth Hefer? That would be northeast, right? So what direction does, does, does Jonah go? A little bit south and west. 
And not only does he go a little bit south and west, but he's heading really far south and west. This is about 200 miles of travel. This is about 2,000 miles of travel. Jonah's a bad boy. How can Jonah do such a thing? Seriously, is he confused? Does he not know where he's going? Jonah wanted to do things his way. How many times has God said go and you've said no? How many times has God said get up and you've sat down? How many times has God said go north and you've run south? You jumped on a ship to just escape from what God was asking you to do. This is the prophet. Like, this is a man of God. He's got a book in the Bible. My, my testimony. Sometimes we don't realize how rebellious we're really being. I mean, I was called into the ministry in high school. God called me. He said, you're, you're to be a, a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But, but I wanted to go my way. God said, go to Bible college. I said, no. I want to be a doctor. So I went to University of Louisville. I went south. And God said, go west. Why? Because I knew better how this was going to work. Jonah wanted to do things his way. I don't know, maybe Jonah thought he could be a missionary in Tarshish. I mean, missionaries raise more money when they go on boats, so I mean, it's a better story to say I'm going on a boat 1,500 miles than going north a couple hundred miles. Maybe he liked those people better. Maybe he liked the fish and wanted to be closer to the coast. God said go, and Jonah said no. Jonah clearly heard the word of God, and he made an intentional effort to go the complete opposite direction that God was speaking. How does Jonah do it? I don't know, but how do I keep doing that myself? Where God tells me to do something. Where God speaks Clearly to me to do something. But I'm just looking for another way. Because the reality is there's always going to be a boat traveling to Tarsus. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be an excuse to not do what God called you to do. There's always going to be something else to do. There's always going to be another activity. There's always going to be another responsibility. There's always going to be another place. There's always going to be a reason why. There's always going to be a boat going to Tarsus. Matthew chapter 7 says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. Only a few will find it. And Jonah had to learn. I have to learn. 
I've got to do it His way. I've got to do what He says. One other quote I read, and you're not going to like this one because I didn't like one, said, delayed obedience is really disobedience. You know what I'm saying? When God says go and we say I'll go when I'm ready. Like I'm baking a pie right now, I can't go yet. My kids are in school, I can't do it now. I got to work right now, I can't go yet. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. I can recall uh, when I was a youth pastor, I had a young lady in counseling. And, and what she shared with me was she understood, she heard the word of God. She knew the plans of God. She knew what God wanted for her life. She knew what God wanted her to do. She knew what, how God wanted her to live. But she told me, I'm going to wait until I'm older to serve God because I just want to live the way I want right now. Delayed obedience is simply disobedience. If I tell Avery to pick up her toys... When do I want Avery to pick up her toys? I don't want her to wait till after supper. I don't want her to wait till later. I want her to do it when I ask, right? Well, why do we wrestle with when God tells us to do something when we should do it? You might say, I'm not running, but I'm just sitting. I'm not going south, but I'm not going anywhere. Well, if God said go, then we have to go. And we have to go when God says. So what happens to Jonah? Because I believe there's a lot of Jonah in us. The story, it continues. There are these storms. The Lord sent a great wind on the sea. Such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid Each cried out to his own God, and they threw cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. What kind of storm was this? It's a bad storm, right? These are sailors, right? And sailors are scared. So when sailors are scared of a storm, it's a pretty bad storm. When they start throwing their cargo off the ship, things are pretty rough. So Jonah's life gets pretty rough. Is that fair to say? Jonah in us, his life gets very rough. But where is Jonah? Jonah had gone below the deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Go ahead and pull that up, Irene. There you go. Nope, go back. How? I mean, I read these words and I wonder how. This is a bad storm. I'm guessing the boat's a rocket. Right? I don't know much about boats, but even if you're in the belly of the ship, I imagine that boat's moving pretty hard. And what is Jonah doing? He's sleeping. The sailors are cursing. They're crying out to their gods. And Jonah's in the belly of a ship, sleeping. Jonah is completely oblivious to the storm in his life. 
I mean, the storm that's threatening his life. The storm that's going to make that ship capsize. He is completely oblivious to the storm because he found himself a nice, comfortable place outside of the will of God. Jonah in us. Have I found myself a nice little place in the belly of the ship? You know that place that's, that's comfortable? You know that place where I'm just sawing logs? I'm just sleeping away? We got lots of places where we find security outside of the will of God. For some it might be people. It might be a group of friends. We find security outside of the will of God. For some it might be a hobby. It might be something we enjoy doing where we find security. We find safety outside of the will of God. For some it might be a habit that, that we have to run back to. Every time the storms rise, we see ourselves with that same habit revealing itself in us and through us. Jonah in us. Am I oblivious to the storm? Am I sleeping in the belly of a ship? Am I running to that very safe place? Unaware of what's going on around me. This terrified them. They asked Jonah, what have you done? They already knew, listen to this, they already knew he was running away from the Lord because he already told them so. Jonah was so understanding of his disobedience, he had already told the people on the ship he was running from God. Like, seriously. How blatant is, is Jonah? Like, I'm running from God, let's get to Tarshish. I mean, that's what he tells them when he gets on the boat. They already knew this. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? And he said, pick me up, throw me into the sea, and it will be calm. I know it's my fault. There's something in you. There's something in us. There's Jonah in us that recognizes the storms that are our fault. We realize the messes that we're making. Jonah knew it was already his fault. Jonah knew that, that his life had to be laid down for the storms to be made calm. This is my fault. This is my problem. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land. There's a whole other sermon in that. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, don't let us die for taking this man's life. Don't hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah, threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. The men greatly feared the Lord. They offered a sacrifice. The Lord made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, now, what happens? Jonah hears God. 
Jonah disobeys God. Jonah does things his way. He finds himself in a safe place. He, it gets revealed. They throw him into the water. Uh, all, there's no hope. It's got to be in the middle of, uh, of the sea, away from the shore, because they weren't close enough to row to the shore. There's no hope for him. So what does God do? I love it. God provided a great fish. Don't get to that yet. I'm not there yet. God provided a great fish. And what did that fish do? Okay. Now, let me talk to you about God's provision. Who dreams of being found in the belly of a great fish? What do you think it was like? You can pull that picture up now, Irene. I'll let you. For some reason in my mind, I don't know if it was a Sunday school lesson somewhere, whenever I picture Jonah in the belly of a whale, I picture some old dude holding a candle in the belly of a fish. What's in the belly of a fish? Fish. What do fish in the belly of a fish smell like? What do they feel like? Why didn't God send an eagle? Why didn't the hand of God come out from the clouds, come down and scoop Jonah up out of the sea? God provided the fish. What God provided was not the Ritz. Talk about a nightmare. Talk about confusion. Talk about wondering what in the world is going on. Jonah was sleeping. Anybody ever wake you up and you don't know what's going on? He was sleeping. They picked him up. They threw him out of the ship. All of a sudden, he's in the middle of the sea. And a fish comes and swallows him. And he's in a dark, stinky, nasty, confusing place. If a fish swallows me, I'm saying my prayers and I'm getting right with Jesus. Right? Talk about a nightmare. Talk about awful, dark, dreary. I mean, we picture the dude with the fire inside the belly of a beast. No, that's not what happened. Jonah in us. Because I'm going to tell you, and what we'll pick up next week, the belly of the beast This fish was the means of God's grace in Jonah's life. For a mirror for you this day, maybe the nightmare that is, maybe the place you're in, maybe the smells that are surrounding you, maybe the confusion that you feel is the very means of God's grace for your life. 
Maybe it's the very opportunity for you to recognize who God is and what God is doing. Maybe it's the, the opportunity for you to look at yourself and see that things are your fault, that Jonah is the one who caused this, that this is because of me, and I need to listen to what God has said, and I need to obey His Word, and all of a sudden, and Jonah comes to a beautiful place in the belly of a whale, or a fish. We're going to read his prayer next week. The prayer that Jonah prays in the belly of a fish. The belly, the nightmare, the fish that God provided. If he picked him up and soared on an eagle, does Jonah ever really repent? I mean, if I'm flying on wings of eagles, I'm probably looking at what I can see. If God scoops him up in the palm of his hand, does Jonah ever realize... Maybe, maybe the nightmare that is. Maybe that's just God's grace being revealed in your life. Maybe, just maybe, in the midst of the guts, in the midst of the smell, in the midst of the darkness, God is drawing your heart to the place that you remember. Maybe, just maybe, in the midst of, uh, of what this, this, this all-consuming experience, God is bringing you to a place that you can fully embrace every word that He's spoken in your life. You guys can come forward. Do you know what? There's no more running in the belly of a fish. Jonah and you. This morning, maybe you can identify with Jonah in some of these ways. Maybe you recognize the word that God has spoke to you. I mean, it's as clear as, as can be. Maybe he said go and, and you said no. Maybe he, he, he called you to share and you said not now. Maybe he said to speak and you said next week. Maybe, maybe God has, has called you to love and you said I will when I'm right. Maybe God said go north and you've been running south. Maybe God said, I have a plan, and you said, well, my way is, is better. Maybe you can identify with the great storms. You can identify with the Jonah that's, that's woken up, and he looks around, and he sees waves crashing, and he hears wind howling, and he knows that this is my fault. This is my fault that I'm here today. This is my fault, sailor, that you're in danger. Maybe you're at the place where you just say, throw me in. I need to get out of this storm. Just throw me in the water. Maybe you've been swallowed in the means of God's grace for your life. It may be perceived 
as a nightmare. It may be a place you never wanted to be. You may be experiencing things that you never want to experience again. But God has brought you to a place where His grace can be revealed. God has brought you to a place where you can fully comprehend every word, every promise, everything that He's called you to do. Jonah in us. God, I pray in this room this day. I pray for a mirror. Yeah, God, this morning I read the story of Jonah, but God, I pray that if any of this story is in me, is in Steve, God, that you reveal that to my heart, that Spirit of God, you illuminate that truth to my mind. If I've got a hearing problem, fix it. If I've got a running problem, stop it. If I've got a submission problem, help me submit. If I'm in the nightmare, let me recognize the hope that is Jesus Christ. Let me recognize the promise that is in your word. Yes, I'll acknowledge, God, it's, it's my fault. I'm not going to blame anyone else. It, it wasn't the messenger. It wasn't the sailors. It wasn't the others. This is my fault. Jonah in us. Jonah in me. God, our desire, my desire this day is that I be obedient to your word. If if I'm in that safe, comfortable place where I'm oblivious to all that's going on, wake me up. Let me see. Help us, Lord. As as the worship team leads us in a chorus, I I just encourage you to respond to the Word of God. If God's speaking to you this day that that you need to change, if if He's reminding you of a promise, if you want someone to agree with you for a promise, find someone you trust. Come forward to the altar. Let Let us pray with you about the promise of God. If you're in the midst of your your nightmare and you're just catching the truth, the word that is yours, let us pray together that, that, that God brings you through that you might do all that He's called you to do. God, we thank you for the mirror, for the opportunity to see. We thank you for revelation that's happened in this room. Revelation that came not through the words of man, but the very word of the Spirit of God. Father, I pray for that Jonah that's in each of us, that we find that means of grace, that place of redemption. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you recognize the running 
may you hear the word of God. And may you be obedient to all that he's asking. Amen? Amen. Be blessed.